The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Sills, five days and counting to the start of training camp. <laughs> the Jets have been in camp for two days already. National Football League is here, and it is off and running, and the storylines are fabulous. You know, the National Football League owns the sports page today. Hey, I will say this about baseball. I've been pretty impressed with baseball games this year. They're quick. They're about two and a half hours. I like them. I see why the ratings have gone up. Less is more. Okay? I I, I dig it. Baseball made a turn. It was good. But you'll and, and, and Shohei Otani will probably be frontline news even into the fall and into the winter. I can't wait to see where he ends up, if he stays in California, if he comes east, I don't know. But there's no question about it. The National Football League is front and center when it comes to their storylines. I want to start this off first by talking to the Philadelphia sports fans. So, and I want to start it off with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. You know, I I, got to tell you, he's not pissed off at you. And he's not really talking shit to you. And I'll tell you what he said in case some of you don't know. He's really talking through the fans to the organization. He wants to say he doesn't like the way the organization handled his negotiations. So what's the low-hanging fruit? Attack the fans. I guess he was playing some, some video game and they were going back and forth and he answered a question. And he goes, what was the least thing uh, you liked about Philadelphia? And he said, the fans. Obviously, he meant management. Obviously, he meant management. Dude, the Philadelphia sports fans are the best sports fans. Buffalo, I love what they do in Buffalo on how they love their teams. I love really any city that has civic pride for their football team or their sports teams. I love that. So what? Do you, so you take a shit on somebody for expecting you to do what? By the way, and, and somebody help me out here. I thought that the Eagle fans loved the guy when he was playing. I think all this thing turned when he found out that the market for the safety position, like the kid Bates found out with Atlanta, that there wasn't one. There was not going to be a high-end safety market for salary. And he was pissed off, and he thought his value was more, you know, 
He should be lucky because look at the money he got. He was making $837,000 the previous year off that New Orleans contract. And he ended up making $6 million with a chance to make $8 million. I, I Personally, during the year, do you remember anybody talking shit on Gardner Johnson? Now, again, they didn't like the way it was handled because he thought he had a bigger market. Hey, man, I don't begrudge the player. So he turns around and he takes a shit on the um, on the Eagles through the fans. Okay? See, the fans are going to roll that off, though. But you know the one thing that you have to always understand with places like Buffalo, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Niners, too. You know what you always got to understand? The organizations hear their fan base. The Eagles listen to their fans. They totally listen to you guys. Why would Howie make a comment back? Hey, Howie, we forgive you. No, I forgive you. He hears it. One of the reasons he takes victory laps. That organization listens. You know, it's funny. Merrill Reese was on with us yesterday, and Merrill Reese goes like this. I don't work for the Eagles. I work for Odyssey. No, you don't. Hey, Merrill, I love you. But do you actually think that the Philadelphia Eagles would have a Pied Piper out there talking about the organization if you were constantly criticizing it? And by the way, for the record, he is fabulous and does a marvelous job, and he has been critical. Okay, but he's built up decades of equity. And he's like the perfect voice. It's like the voice of God for the Eagles. So he's built that equity up to kind of take a little chips, but he never goes too deep in. You know what I mean? And, and by the way, that's by design. But don't kid yourself. Organizations today handpick the broadcasters, especially at that company, Odyssey. If Odyssey has your broadcasting rights on your radio station, they almost completely have total control on who the talent is that calls those games. Station doesn't pick them. They suggest them. They hear everything. They control it. Would we not agree? Okay? Would, would we not agree? The Eagles do a great job of controlling the narrative in Philadelphia. and they, Which means they control the, the media. They pretty much control it. This is not a rip. So when a guy like Gardner Johnson takes a shot at the Eagle fan base, the Eagles look at that and go, great. Great. Because the Eagle fan base is going to get that guy. Hey, by the way, here's the one thing that you look at, too, with Gardner Johnson. So why would you burn a bridge? Bobby Wagner went back to Seattle. Okay, don't burn bridges like that. Gardner Johnson needs to put his ego away. Here's a guy that hates being where he is and he got more money. Trust me, I get it. Sometimes you sign those new contracts, you get to the place and you're like, man, this ain't the Novacare Center. That's what he's going through right now. Hey, by the way, I think Detroit's a good team. I think they've added some really nice pieces. Okay. Yeah, right. Fly. He's like a bitter 
He's like a bitter old lady now going, hey, man, you know, my, my, my life. Dude, you got eight million bucks. You got a chance to make eight million bucks. Go ahead. You know, I'm not like, I saw that and I was like, why are you taking shots at the Eagle fans? The people in Philly, Philly are the shittiest thing that you experienced when you were playing your ball there. Come on, man. Nobody in their wildest imagination believes that. Except you, maybe. And I don't even think you believe that. All right. We're going to look at the Cardinals. I want to have a Jalen Hurts conversation a little bit here in a minute. But I will start it off with, with this. What do you think the front office and the Eagles are looking at as they're going into training camp and they're going into the exhibition season? Do you think they're looking more at who are they have higher expectations for? Jordan Davis or Jalen Carter? Who do you think the organization has more expectations on? And I'm going somewhere with this. And I'm Howie Roseman, the front office, the coaching staff. Who are they expecting more from in 2023? Keon says Carter. Carter was drafted higher and projected higher. DC says Jordan Davis. Davis, second year, he needs to step up, says Steve. Davis, because he's not a rookie. I like where everyone is thinking. Quan's got Davis. Okay? Because here, here, here's where I'm going with this. If you're expecting more from Jalen Carter than from Jordan Davis this year, the Eagles made a mistake on Jordan Davis. Carter has the luxury of being a rookie. Davis has a year in and has to show value as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. What, what Tone just said is absolutely true. If Jordan Davis by week eight doesn't show improvement, you're going to start the conversation of not bust, but clearly not what they thought. I'm giving the kid till week eight, not the, not the full season. If that kid doesn't show improvement, and I mean Jalen Hurts improvement, for being the 13th pick and moving up, I'm not going to go to bust yet. By the end of the year, I could. Because sometimes there's ebb and flows in a year. All of a sudden, a guy gets better. and you, it, A guy could be a slow starter in his career. Look at Brandon Graham. So you got to kind of have a – there's got to be some patience. But see, you don't have a lot of patience with first-round draft choices. They See, you're not drafting all pros. You're hoping to draft starters. Like, Milton Williams can't start any games this year. Or there's a problem, Houston. I get 
if Fletcher starts. Fletcher's still the best defensive tackle as of July 20th. That's at the Novacare Center. You want that to change. You want Davis and Carter to be better than him by the end of the season. Okay? So what I'm saying is, okay? So what I'm saying is, he has got to show really great improvement by at least week eight. Am I right when I say that? He's got to show improvement by at least a halfway point of the season. Or we're going to be looking at, again, an opportunity to sit here and go like this. He's not the guy, man. You know, I think the Eagles went into the draft and they drafted another defensive tackle. And they drafted another tackle to cover their rear end here. Because last year, what you come away with that season with Jordan Davis, I'll tell you this. I have more question marks on Jordan Davis than I do on N'Kobe Dean because here, here with N'Kobe Dean, I just don't know yet. I want to see him at least play and get about 35 snaps in a game. I can't, I can't sit here on July 20th and go, I don't know if N'Kobe Dean is a bust or he's not. I don't know. I, I, I don't know that yet. And plus, I'm probably going to give him a full year. And now I would say this to you also on Dean. This is why some of this stuff doesn't make sense. Okay? This is why some of this doesn't make sense. And, and, and I want Tone and everyone and all of you guys to think this out here, okay? Um, N'Kobe looked good when he played last year. When was that? He played like 15 plays. Dude, he couldn't make the starting roster. He couldn't beat out Kaiser White. He couldn't beat TJ Edwards out. And I'm going to go here with Edwards. Here's where I think Howie Roseman made a mistake. Okay? And tell me if you agree or disagree with this. Here is the one mistake that I believe that Howie made a mistake on. So you got two new defensive tackles in theory. You got brand new safeties in theory. You got a brand new outside linebacker. You got a brand new defensive coordinator. Why in the world wouldn't you bring back your quarterback on defense to at least have a guy on the field who knows what he's doing and has played in TJ Edwards? Why wouldn't you have fought to bring him back? Didn't I think he's going to be the biggest loss on that defense, more so than Hardgrave, more so than Gardner Johnson. I think he's going to be the biggest loss. Here's why. Communication issues. You know, I heard the sports take guys talking about Edmonds, the kid from um, Pittsburgh. I'll tell you exactly why. Mike Tomlin quit on him. And not so much quit on him. He got lost in coverage. Okay? His communication skills in the game are not very good. And he... He bites, he bites on false reads. He has false steps. He's a good player, but he gets lost in coverage. Totally, if you look and how people look at him, he gets lost in coverage. 
That's why he's no longer in Pittsburgh. And when you get lost in coverage, you can't coach that. That's an innate ability to be able to know where you are with field presence. Okay? Tone goes like this. I thought it was a mistake, too, letting him go. All the losses bothered me. Now, now, and, and get this. I get letting Hardgrave go because I don't want to pay $20 million for a defensive tackle, too. I completely get that. Completely understand that. Okay? But what I'm saying, no. The Steelers did not quit on Hardgrave. They didn't want to pay Hardgrave the money that the Eagles paid him because they were paying Hayward all the big money. That's not true. I know Carl Dunbar, and he's a former teammate of mine, and he's the D-line coach in Pittsburgh, okay? That's not true at all, okay? Edwards' loss bothered me the most of all the free agent losses, and that includes, okay, that's right. See, I think people think that N'Kobe Dean is going to be able to replace him. Okay, let's just say athletically he can replace him. He's not going to replace him in experience or knowledge of the game or knowledge of the defense or knowledge of what's being asked. I think they're going to struggle with communication on this team because you have defensive tackle that are that are brand new. You have safeties that are new. You got a new outside linebacker. And you just have a you just have a couple guys out there that are formidable, like Hassan Reddick, but you're gonna have communication problems. It's common sense. You think because you sit there on a chalkboard, you don't practice enough. You're not gonna put a lot of these guys in situations in the exhibition season because they don't believe in that. Where are you getting your experience in communication? Walkthroughs? That's not gonna cut it. I think that defense is going to struggle. And I think that defense is going to struggle against New England. You guys can have – wait a minute. I'm not saying you're not a talented team. But you've seen talented players on a roster before not pan out. Your legendary all-star team. Last year, what was the difference? Okay, what's the difference between last year's team and this year's team? Game experience. Guys who know what they're doing. You don't have anybody in the middle of your football team right now that knows what they're doing. Except Fletcher and who? Your two tackles. Fletcher does. Your inside linebacker has no clue. Hey, dude, you know, going and studying for the bar exam or studying to be a heart doctor or a heart surgeon, you still got to go do the surgery. Well, I'm a doctor. Am I your first patient? How's that usually work out? Jesus. I don't know, man. Do I want my heart opened with a guy who's never opened up a heart before? Well, I qualified from Harvard. Yeah, I know, but, you know, I don't know. I might want the guy from City College who's done about – I'd rather have the guy from City College who's opened up 50 hearts and has done a remarkable job saving lives – than a guy who graduated Harvard who's never opened a heart. Okay? Eagle goes, I guarantee Marr will be as good as Edwards. That's an absolute... Yeah, that's why the Bears signed 
Edwards and cut Morrow. Yeah, okay, Eagle. <laughs> and wait, and gave him $7 million. Yeah, that's probably why. So we signed the Bears reject, and they signed our starter. How, where do you think that that's an upgrade? Okay, Morrow will be at least be white. Out of your mind, not true. Kaiser White was a was a good player on the second ranked defense. Morrow had a hundred tackles on the thirty first worst defense in the league. What are you talking? What are you people talking about? Oh my god, dude! Listening to Philadelphia people. Talk about the linebacker, the safety position, and the running back position. I'm sorry, man. When you guys come here, I don't see that. I see organizations quitting on guys, knowing that they're not the players that they drafted, and every one of those guys were failures. Morrow's not a bad player, but he may not make the team. Doesn't it tell you something that the Eagles gave him no money? He didn't have one nickel of signing bonus money. One nickel of signing bonus money. They're on the hook for Morrow for nothing. If they cut him, it's nothing. One thing I respect about the Eagle fan base is that they sure will protect and hype up a player on a team. But man, the delusion can get out of hand sometimes. Oh, they're, they're completely delusional about this defense. This defense is not near as good as it was a year ago. Well, wait. This defense is not as experienced, not near as experienced as a year ago. You had professionals everywhere. You had veteran guys everywhere and guys who played great everywhere. You're not going to have that this year. You're going to have guys actually running into one another early on. Because of communication issues. Okay? You guys think you can just plug and play people who have never played before? You're going to be playing players this year that have never played with a coordinator who has one year experience on defense. Why wouldn't you have brought TJ Edwards back at least? I think that's going to be the biggest miss this offseason for Howie. You know, I get if you had an experienced Fred Warner and you brought a new coordinator in like they have in San Francisco and you got an experienced quarterback on your defense like they do, they're not going to miss a beat because of Warner. But the Eagles are going to miss thousands of beats because who's, who's, who's your play caller? Matt Patricia also is an um, engineer. He's also an engineer. He got the head coaching job in Detroit and was a train wreck. Just because the Kobe Dean is smart doesn't mean he's going to be football smart out there. You have no idea. I, I don't. But I know this. Inexperience in whatever profession takes time to mature. Some of you guys think he's just going to walk in out there and be Mike Singletary. That's not going to happen. I think they should have kept Edwards is where I'm going here. And get this, Edwards in my – now, 
there, there's there's a comment that Edwards wanted to go because he's from that neck of the woods. He wanted to go back. So I, I get that. But, I mean, when you don't have experience out there lining your – did it not make sense? And don't you agree, the year previous to T.J. Edwards being put in the lineup – hey, and here, is T.J. Edwards one of the best inside linebackers in the NFL? No. But he sure knows what they were asking – and did the defense not change when they implemented him into the starting lineup? Is that a fair thing? Did the defense change when Edwards was put in the starting lineup? I think it did. I think he lined guys up. I think he had great communication with everybody. The new guys he brought in, he communicated with them. He was your he was your quarterback on defense. Was it the best player? But he was maybe one of the most important players, and maybe the most important player to last year's defense. TJ Edwards was the most important player to last year's defense. Okay? And you've taken that out of the lineup, and you think you're going to replace that with talent. The National Football League is not about that. How many times have you watched lesser talented people or teams win games? Shit, you had it handed to you in a Super Bowl. Happens every Sunday. Lesser teams, lesser players win. They do. Why? Because they're experienced. They have a feel for the game. Sometimes you look at a guy that plays in the NFL and you go, how'd that guy play 12 years? There's a reason. Technique, smarts, understanding the sport. Then you look at a guy like Andre Dillard and you go, so wait a minute, Andre Dillard is a first-round draft choice and Jason Kelsey's a sixth-rounder. How'd that work out like that? There's intangibles, like you guys talk about with Jalen Hurts. Okay? I think that, again, that, that see, all the new faces... All the and see look look at two one five. Dean will be fine. I here's my question marks on the Kobe Dean. Hasn't played and he's not big enough. That wasn't an issue with Edwards. He was big, he was tough, he was a run fit gap guy. Wasn't the best cover guy, but I'll tell you what, he was instrumental in there. He is your biggest loss. Of all the players you lost this past season, offseason, he's the biggest. It's not Sayamalo. It's not Sanders. It's Edward. It's not Gardner Johnson. It's not Epps. My opinion, you're going to have a tough time replacing T.J. Edwards on a very inexperienced defensive football team. Okay? you damn right instrumental. See, this guy just... What do you have? 150 tackles? How many tackles did how many tackles did TJ Edwards have? How many tackles did he have last year? Okay. Yeah, right. And you lost the guy for six million bucks. How many tackles, Tone, did that guy have last year? 160 tackles. Not a chance in the planet Nicobe Dean has 160 tackles this year. Not a chance. Not a chance. 
By the way, 160 tackles should have put that guy's ass in the Pro Bowl. Should have put him in the Pro Bowl. That's a heck of a season. 159 tackles. So I, I, I love delusional Eagle fans. A guy who never played a year ago is going to walk in, have the communication NFL skills that Edwards had, and he's going to put up 160 tackles. You're out of your minds. You are out of your minds. The Kobe Dean will be okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm not saying he's not good. I'm saying you got a lot on your plate. You have more expectations. Hey, by the way, of all the players on the team, he may have the most pressure because he sets the he's the guy with the green dot, right? Dean's gonna have the green dot, right? Better know what you're doing, son, all the time. And so when he's slow, you know, here, this is what happens with young players. You're a step slow until you get a feel for the game. He doesn't have enough game reps. Where'd he get the game reps? He hasn't. N'Kobe Dean is not bigger than Sam Mills. Sam Mills was a 500-pound bench presser. He was first in Cleveland. Okay? He was a 500-pound bench presser. Okay? He's taller. The Kobe Dean looks like a shrimp out there. Dude, bleed, Reed Blankenship looks bigger. Hey, what I'm telling you is TJ Edwards will be felt. He will be felt. 160 tackles, your quarterback on defense. It's funny. You think you guys could go and play with Marcus Mariota all year long and you think everything would just be cool if Jalen Hurts wasn't setting the offense? So you're you, under, under your mentality, you think that Marcus Mariota could just walk in and play for Jalen on the offensive side and you guys wouldn't miss a beat. Is that right? That's your mentality. The guy who had a Pro Bowl type season a year ago. You think you could just take off the field and put a guy who's never played. And you're going to have that same communication skills set in the front. 43, 34, bare front. Snap! Oh, you're late. Keon brings a good point up. Tone. Sills is going to change his tune on Dean by midseason. I sure will if he plays well. I sure will. Because the player's production will tell us. Absolutely. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I have never said that. What I'm telling you is, you're, once again like Jalen Hurts, jumping the gun on a guy who hasn't played one year, let alone one game. And you're telling me he's going to replace Edwards. 
That is delusional. Hurts is elite. No, he's not. He had an elite season. <laughs> no, he's not. And don't get fooled by the money. I, I pointed out yesterday, Steve Kime. Hey, Kyler Murray's got a lot to prove. You know, I mean, he's got a lot to prove. He's got to prove he can win. Well, why'd you give him the $46 million then? What, because he's next guy up? Pretty damn dumb to me. The point is, Dean is unproven. Is that simple? And until otherwise, we'll be skeptical. We are right. Absolutely. It's not. You know what, though, Tone? I'm not saying the guy doesn't have talent. You're drafted in the third round in the National Football League. You have talent. People identified you as a talented player. It's not about talent in the NFL, though. Everyone's good. It's about experience. It's about knowledge. It's about communicating. All of that comes with experience. And he doesn't have any. Sitting in the back chair in the linebacker room or in the defensive coach's room is not experience. Okay? The talent's not like they told you. The talent's, no one's questioning it. You're here. The Eagles have identified you as a prospect that they believe. They obviously do. They moved off a guy with 160 tackles. And they think you're going to walk in there and do it. Okay? It's pretty. But here, again, here's my problem. So then you bring in a first-year defensive coordinator. And this is why I say this. Sean Desai was not the first choice. They had their hearts set on Vic Fangio. To kind of have an experienced D. De- and that's why Patricia now I know was hired. Because you got a quarterback on your side of the defense who has no experience. So you need to get some experience, at least in your coaching. You have no experience at coordinator one year. And you have no experience for your quarterback on defense at linebacker. The guy with the green dot. That's a fact. That's not an opinion. They better hope those DTs do their job. Otherwise, the Kobe Dean is cooked. Yeah, and here's been the problem. The last two years, the Eagle defensive run defense has been marginal. But Edwards covered the marginal play. You think the Kobe Dean is going to cover the marginal defensive run defense the last two years? I'm very skeptical on that. Because I don't think he's built for it. Those two tackles better play great. Or this guy will be a pancake. I mean, I I, I love delusional guy go, no, he'll be great. He didn't play last year. He he didn't even start a game. He couldn't beat Kaiser Whiteout. He couldn't beat any of the guys they had a year ago out. I didn't even I didn't even know he was active. Was he did he play special teams? Didn't the Kobe Dean play special teams last year? I, I don't remember him playing. I don't ever remember him playing. But he's gonna step right in. 
and he's going to be Fred Warner. Okay. <laughs> you didn't see him? No, I, I, I saw him like a couple plays when someone got injured. Then I never saw him again. Yeah, I got a couple plays and then I never saw Yes, he played 75% of special teams. Well, he must have been a real force in them kickoff coverage teams and those punt coverage teams. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Hey, don't tell me he played 75% on kickoff coverage and punt coverage and punt return. Please don't tell me that because those teams blew. <laughs> Please don't tell me that. He played 75% of the plays on special teams. Worst unit in the league. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm not gonna go deep into that one. I'm gonna just, you know, I don't know. Hey, I want you. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that. Hey, man, wasn't him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dean is gonna be way better than Edwards. Well, you got the bar of 160 tackles, playing every week, putting a Pro Bowl season in. Okay. I'm like, hey, okay, Keon, he'll be better? How about this, Keon? I'll make a prediction. If those defensive tackles don't have your run defense in the top 10, the Kobe Dean won't finish the year. He'll, he won't finish the year. If those two defensive tackles have that defense, run defense, at around 13 I'll put 13 because that's an improvement from a year ago. 13. He won't finish the year. He'll have a shoulder injury. That's plagued him his entire career. Got to have some horses in front of you, dog. Got to play that run. Got to fill that gap. Got to set that defense. Got to know when third down's there. Got to know when the quarterback's audibly. All that. Going to put his head on a swivel. Hike! Shit. That's what you'll hear. Holy shit, man. They're moving the, they're moving the strength. They're moving the strength. Holy cow, they just went to a red set, brown set. They just went to the strong side. Oh, oh, oh. What, what, what's the hash? Hike! Wide gap, wide gap in the middle, wide gap in the middle, wide gap in the middle. Cheat a little bit. Slide the defense, slide the defense. Brown 87. They're audibling, they're audibling. That's their hot color. That's their hike. And you've never done it. <laughs> hey, man, you get into an NFL football game and you get your playbook. And you get a coach going, this is what we're running against the Falcons. Bucks YG, Bucks YG with a twist. Banjo coverage, banjo coverage. 37, 37, 37. Hut. Damn, am I lined up right? These plays come like this. You look up, you got five minuses. You're like, holy shit. College, you get to kill people. NFL, it's technique, experience, head fakes, 
splits, slipping and scooping, and he's never played. And you're going to replace a guy with 160 tackles. (laughs) The Eagles could draft Mother Teresa in the seventh round, and fans would call her a superstar in the making. I know, dude. Hey, by the way, one more time. Tone, I want to make sure that I'm underscoring this. I'm not saying the kid sucks. I'm saying he's got a lot on that dinner plate, man. It's not just about playing. It's about replacing a leader. It's about replacing the guy who knew what was asked of him and what that did. De- he was a com- – hey, when they put T.J. Edwards into that football team and they put him in as a starter, they took off. They took off. I think it was the first year I got here. He wasn't playing a lot. It was like three years ago. All of a sudden, they put him in. Was it the two and five? All of a sudden, they put him in. The defense just got better. Their run defense improved. Then they had, because Hardgrave's not a very good run defender, they had to go get those other two big guys. The way the chat is talking just goes to show you that they don't truly understand TJ Edwards' value. They think he can easily be replaced. Yeah, because you've had great linebackers in the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah, that's because you can't draft them. Edwards would be the first linebacker that you drafted that was worth the shit in the last 15 years. You usually have to go out in the open market and find a guy. And let's not forget, uh, TJ Edwards was an undrafted free agent. You didn't draft him. You found him. Wasn't like you drafted a guy. You found this guy. The same way Belichick found Brady in the sixth round. You got lucky. Okay. Yeah, well, everyone, Belichick, he landed on Brady and look what he did. Okay. He passed on him five times too. Okay. He passed on him. Right. I don't think they're replacing T.J. Edwards with N'Kobe Dean. I believe he's replacing Hardgrave with T.J. Edwards. Cleaning up his mess with Davis and Dean working together. We'll see. I didn't see shit from Jordan Davis a year ago. Spotty. He didn't impress me. His size impresses you. His athleticism impresses you. His play doesn't. I'm not impressed with him yet. He's a dude. Hey, talent? I guess. Did he ever live up to it at Georgia? No. Has His first year, unimpressive. Dean didn't see the field. Again, it's not that there's not talent here. No one's saying that. But when you have a first-year D coordinator in your building and now you have a first-year quarterback, that's my concern. 
Okay? That's my concern. Um, hey, 85, I'm working on that still. I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. I didn't get through it. Oh, by the way, my AC went out last night. Sorry, 85. Okay, hey, my my AC went out last night, so I was preoccupied. <laughs> Give me a break, dude. My air conditioning went out. Tanner says Jordan Davis was pretty good run stuffer. Was he? So you think a guy's a pretty good run stuffer if he has one good game against a shitty offensive lineman, and you call that a good a good game a good run stopper? I call that spotty. A good run stopper is Linville Joseph in a Dominican Sioux making an impact on your defense the entire year. That's a good run stopper. Not a guy who's spotty. One week, and by the way, I thought he got his shit pushed in against the Chiefs. Guy played 10 snaps and they sat him. He didn't look very good in that Super Bowl. He got knocked off the ball, actually. And you want to blame the injury? Sure. Okay. You want to blame the injury? Not a problem. There'll be no excuses this year. I'm not impressed with him. And I'm not going to sit here and look at this and say, well, you know what? I'm expecting him to be a great player. Hey, that's good to have positive optimism about somebody because you drafted him high. Okay. But the only thing that I do is I look at who you are right now. And again, the only reason that I'm giving Jalen Carter projection is because the only thing I can go on is why he was drafted. But once we start seeing him play, he'll be who he is too. And and like, like Keon says, Dan will change his tune midway through the season on Dean. Okay. Well, that means he that means he's playing well. It's not an opinion. What I'm saying here, you're taking what I'm saying here as an opinion on Dean. That's not an opinion. He didn't see the field last year. He never started it down. He had some spot plays. He's taken over for a guy with 160 tackles. This is all fact. He's got it. History of injuries in the shoulder. Why? Because he's not a really big dude. He's smart. You're going to need it. With no experience. That's who he is. That's not an opinion. It's not an opinion. And again... My statement here is that I think the guy who's going to be felt the most is going to be Edwards. He's not the best player on your defense from a year ago, but he was the leader of the number two ranked defense in the NFL. And when you take the number two ranked leader, how about this? Jalen, Jalen Hurts, Tone, all you guys. How many people think that the leadership of Jalen Hurts was important to the offense last year? I do. How many people think that the leadership of T.J. Edwards was important to the defense last year? Oh, I do. He was the captain of the team. 
on defense. Why? Green Dot. You can talk to me all about Randy Graham and Slay and all the rest of these guys. The guy who called the plays on defense was Edwards. Not any of those other dudes. Fletcher Cox didn't have it. Was your linebacker. And bold. Edwards had an elite year on the second-ranked defense. 160 tackles is an elite season. The top tackler on your team. Impact tackles are when you're ranked number two. Say all you want. Nicobio, just step right in. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, doctor. <laughs> you want to take over for the heart surgery? Who, who's cutting me open? Well, I stayed at a Holiday Express last night. That's when I see Nicobio Dean, that's what I think of. Hey, Nicobio, are, are, are you ready to play? Well, yeah. Why? Well, because I stayed at a Holiday Express last night. <laughs> Oh, okay. Hey, I'm comfortable now. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, man. Green Dot doesn't mean a lot. If you're the starting Mike, he's the guy that sets the front, you dumbass. He's the guy that sets the coverage. He's the guy that slides the defense when strength changes if the quarterback audibles. Don't you know how a Mike linebacker works? He's the guy who's the most communicative guy on the field. He is the echoer. When the defensive tackle says wide splits, three technique, one technique, he'll look at the linebackers and go to inside run, inside run, echoes it back to the safeties so echoes it to the corners. That's what you're missing this year. Are you crazy? Some of you have no idea what a response. It's again, this is not about talent. This is responsibility and experience. Okay? The conversation starts this way the Mike linebacker waits for the quarterback to get the offensive line down. Set. They can't move. That's when you slide your fronts. That's why Vilma was so brilliant at it with Manning. He would wait because Manning would get down to the five. Remember, the quarterback's got to get the playoff. Why would I show my hand? You know what Dean's going to do early on? He's going to set the front too early against experienced quarterbacks, and they're going to eat your freaking lunch. Don't set that shit too soon. You can't do that against Patrick Mahomes. So here, here, inexperienced linebackers do this. You, you put the formation out in front. Mahomes will see that. Set it. Go. Phil will tell me, playing against Manning and Brady was a chess game. You had to make sure you forced their hand because they're under the clock. Steve goes to seeing Barbie over Oppenheimer this weekend. I don't go to movie theaters. I don't like people sitting next to me. 
<laughs> I don't like people sitting next to me. I don't know. You'll never see big sills on a cruise. I don't sit down with a guy from Bob from Wisconsin. Hey, man, can you pass the salt? Dude, stop talking to me. That's not how I work. You'll never see big sills on a cruise. I don't sit at like tables like that. It's not going to work for me. <laughs> yeah. Woo, man. Uh, how you doing? Remember what I said here on July 20th? The guy you'll wish you had re-signed for six million bucks would have been Edwards. You're going to feel that loss. I'll tell you this too. If Edwards had stayed behind, he would have helped Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis become better ball players. Now you got a guy just because he went to Georgia. What does that mean to anybody in Philadelphia? Well, they played in college together. It means dick. That means nothing. Just because you played together at Georgia has no bearing when you're lining up against the Cowboys. Nothing means nothing. The only, the only thing that matters is that you guys know where to go to eat. <laughs> That's it. Means nothing. Well, they played, they played at Georgia. <laughs> well, they're probably pretty popular in Athens then. Hey, they're probably pretty uh, popular in Athens. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, okay, Ronald. So, Ronald, you actually think, hang on, let me get this right, Ronald. Whatever you do, don't ever compare N'Kobe Dean to Jonathan Velma. Jonathan Velma's a borderline Hall of Fame guy. <laughs> Not even remotely close. Not even remotely close. Not even close. Vilma saw the field. Actually played on a Super Bowl team. Actually was the captain of a Super Bowl team. <laughs> Talk to me about Jonathan Vilma and Kobe Dean. Not really yet. There's some similarities, though. Smart, rangy, played at a great program. We just got to see if this kid can play. Okay, we just got to see if he can play. Yeah, and we'll, we'll find out. Alexander goes, yeah, I don't care if they play together in Georgia. I want to see them doing the NFL together. Alexander, that's right. That's right. And by the way, I've said this before. One more time here. The, the conversation was really supposed to be on, so you fired or let go your Jalen Hurts of your defense. And then you brought in a brand new coordinator who has limited experience as being a coordinator. And there's going to be what? That's going to be cool. And you got new tackles, new safeties, and new backers. And that's going to be a – why wouldn't you bring back Edwards? It, it, that blows my doors off here. Dude, I get letting the $6 million safety go. I the 20 hey, the $6 million safety. I get it. I'm not paying that either for that position. 
I, I, I'd rather draft a guy. I would. I'd rather draft a guy. And I get not wanting to pay $20 million, even though now we're seeing that that position is becoming a premium position with the Quentin Williams deal and some of the other defensive tackle deals. Hardgrave's deal too, man. Twenty million. Hey, $20 million for Javon Hardgrave? Wow. That's, I mean, he didn't even make the Pro Bowl. Hardgrave didn't even make the Pro Bowl and got a $20 million per year deal. That tells you how people do see that position still. What the the uh, the running backs can't even get market value now because you know why the market's changing on them. You know what's crazy about that whole conversation too? Real quick, with Barkley and them. How about this? Tone Tone showed me what the um, what the salary cap number was, or what the franchise tag number was for running backs. I think it's like ten million. Right? It's like 10, 10 million. The NFL owners have reneged on the franchise tag, theoretically, of running backs. They've reneged on it. Okay? They used the tags on the two elite guys. Three, well, three, three franchise guys. And I personally think you're going to see the end of franchise running backs. That number is going to continue to go down or not go up. I guarantee you next year, it won't be 10 million. That thing will probably be 11 and it'll start crawling up, but not a lot. You are now seeing the NFL tell everyone they're getting rid of franchise running backs. Shit, if you're a running back in college right now, or if you're a running back in high school, you should change your position to either tight end or wide receiver. You should change your position. I would. I wouldn't want to come out of high school right now as the top. But you know, can, can I tell you this? Joel Embiid is also being terminated. Yeah, we'll get 14 picks for him. No, you won't. Nobody runs the center. Nobody runs their basketball team through a center. You think he's got a big, strong market if you trade him? For who? Who's going to build their team around him? Shit, the Lakers don't even build their team around Anthony Davis. He can't deliver. The centers don't. There's no five any longer in the NBA. Not like we saw back in the day with Malone and them dudes. Shit, man, Ewing wasn't even a leader when it came to winning championships at the NBA level. You don't win titles. Jabbar didn't win one championship, one championship, without Magic Johnson or Oscar Robertson. He he didn't win one. He was in L.A. all them years before Magic showed up. MVPs, scoring titles. You're seeing that with the running back now. I give it to you, too. Keon, the guy in Denver is the only guy. Sure, he's one of. There's nobody else. You don't, you don't, you don't actually believe that Joel Embiid's going to lead an NBA team to a championship. Nobody in their right mind believes that. By the way, last word on sports, 530. We're going to do a little college football 
Um, my friend Tony Saracusa is going to be with us, and we're going to talk to him at 5.30. College football is right around the corner as well. Um, I think they're terminating the running back position. They're just terminating it. You're not going to see franchise running backs any longer. Look, circle back here with Edwards here, and I want to finish this conversation up with this. You're going to feel that impact at least in the first eight games. You're going to see a lot of guys running into people in the secondary. I hope that guy, Sean Desai, makes it as simple as he possibly can because at the end of the day, let me say this to you here. Um, you got a starting middle linebacker who's never played and who's never called defenses in his entire life at the NFL level. That's a whole different world now. And what happens when you're thinking and not reacting? You're slow. You're slow. You're slow on your steps. All right. We're going to look at one of the Eagle opponents. I think it's week 17, Cardinals. Also a Jalen Hurts topic. We got that for you. Please hit the like button. Hour number two. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
GLES Eagles. Hour two, Big Sills National Football Show. Please hit the like button here. So the Cowboys have made it clear that they're open to talks with C.D. Lamb on extensions, Diggs and Dak, but not Zach Martin, their better player. If I'm a Philadelphia Eagle fan, I am just watching this, loving this. That would, that, that I mean, that would be like, Okay, here. Well, who do you think would be more of a priority in Philadelphia if there was a contract negotiation going on and there's a chance to have an extension? Who do you think would be the priority in Philly? Lane Johnson or Darius Slay? Who who would be the, who would be the priority in Philly? Who who would be the priority? Do, again, it's a dumb question. But organizations do dumb things. There's not a chance in hell the Eagles would sit around and make Darius Slay the top priority if Lane's deal, or how about this, Lane was underpaid. But see, the Eagles don't get to underpaid when guys overperform. Think of it. They pay the wrong people in Dallas. Always. They play the wrong people all the time. Zeke. Hey, Amari Cooper? How many people put the fact that Amari Cooper wasn't in that huddle for Dak's 15 picks? I do. I do. One of the reasons Brandon Cooks was asked was brought in. They pay the wrong guys. Diggs. Let me tell you about the kid, Diggs, in uh, Dallas. I think he's overrated. I think he gets beat and gambles too much. Personally, I'll take Bradbury over him. I'll take James Bradbury over Diggs in Dallas. He's more reliable. He's not going to get beat the way that Diggs Diggs gets beat, okay? Ramsey's better than Diggs. Cowboys want to pay him, though. Why? Why? And you let Zach Martin sit there. Here's the problem with Martin, though. I think he's 32. What are you going to pay him? You know what's crazy? Lane Johnson just got a raise and more upfront money. And I think he's 32. Eagles don't look at it like that. If you're good, you're good. No matter what your age is, they're going to pay you. Man, I'll tell you what. The Philadelphia Eagles, man, they put their money where their mouth is. They don't spend money on position. They have a clear process. They're just not going to spend money on certain positions, but they're going to pay money for people who perform. That is a fact. You know, if you're a free agent, you want to play in Philly. Because all you have to do, every player wants to be told this, okay? You mean to tell me if I come here and I play and I 
I put up big numbers. I'm going to get paid? Yeah. And get this. It's not Barkley. Did you, did you see that John Mara and Saquon Barkley had a private conversation? And Barkley opened his heart to John Mara and told him what it meant to be a giant. Told him, get this. Th- this is really, the Wellington Mara's not walking out on the Giants field any longer. Saquon Barkley, this is the report, and get this, a lot of people who know people who were witness to this, opened his heart privately to John Mara and told him what it meant to be a New York Giant. The next week, they franchise tagged him. That's portrayal. They portrayed him. They took his empathy and looked at it as weakness, and they preyed on it. Don't ever tell your organization how you feel, okay? Because they'll use it against you. There's the greatest example of it. And I'm not saying Barkley deserves $15, $16 million. But when you tell somebody how you feel and you tell an owner or coach how you feel, they don't give a shit how you feel. They never have and they never will. They don't care. They'll use it against you. They franchise tagged him the next week. And I say this to you. This is why maybe there's a method to Howie's badness. If Howie drafts you, you're going to get paid. And he's going to give you every chance to make it on that team. You know why? He put his ass on the line for you by drafting you. It looks to me, look, I'll say this to you. It looks to me that the Eagles want to give guys second and third contracts. It looks to me 90% of the league doesn't want to do that because that's big money. They'd rather get a guy cheaper. Most businesses would rather have a guy doing, doesn't it make sense? Most businesses would rather have a guy do the same job at a cheaper rate. I'm not speaking French here. That's in any business, including the NFL. If I can get it, look look at Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is cheaper than Ezekiel Elliott, even on a franchise tag. It's $5 million less. Cowboys look at that as a win. And they didn't pay. You know, he was making $837,000 last year, a year. Zeke was making $500,000 a game. That's a win for the Cowboys. That's a win. That's how the Cowboys, hey. But in Philly, they pay you. They they absolutely pay you. I'm going to get to the Cardinals here in a second. Two things before I get going here. How many people love Bryce Harper in Philly? How many people like Bryce Harper as the face of your Philly franchise?
He's overpaid. You overpay a guy here. Does he play? You're going to play him at first base? You're going to play Bryce Harper at first base. Give me Manny Machado any day. Ten times the ball player Bryce Harper will ever be. Machado's worth the money. Harper's not. You're going to play a guy. He's an American League DH. He does not belong in the National League. He doesn't have a glove. You're going to play him at first base, outfield, where, wherever. I, I, the guy doesn't play a position. He's like David Ortiz. This guy's not a $34 million a year guy. Machado's a gold glove with the same numbers as Harper. And he's a gold glove guy. One of the greatest gloves in the game. Harper doesn't even own a glove. I think they gave him a first baseman now, right? Price Harper, $34 million for what? A 240 hitter? <laughs> He's a 240 lifetime hitter. MVP, Sills. Great. I've seen organizations win without him. Crazy. All right. Again, before I get to Arizona, this is week 17 for the for the Eagles. So two days ago, hey, how many people like Justin Fields? How many people like Justin Fields? How many think Justin Fields is going to be the answer in Chicago? That he's going to be the answer that the Bears have been looking for. Um, do you like him, Justin Fields? Okay. So three days ago, he's telling me he's one of the top five running backs or running quarterbacks in NFL history. Now, yesterday, he's telling us he's going to break the single-season passing mark the Bears have never had a 4,000 single-season quarterback throw for that number. It's funny. Nor have the Eagles except for Carson Wentz. <laughs> the Eagles' greatest season at quarterback was by Wentz. Twice. Threw 33 touchdowns. Owns that record, too. So, wait a minute. Let me get this right. The guy you hate the most owns all your records. Solid. Solid. <laughs> Solid. So now he's saying he's going to be the all-time single-season guy and he's going to throw for four grand. This guy sure talks a lot. Better get out there and do it, kid. I tell that guy to shut his mouth, man. Bro, no one wants to hear that. That's insecurity talking. If I was a defensive guy, I'd be like this. This guy doesn't believe in himself. Because people who believe in themselves don't talk like that. They talk like Hurts. They don't. They just show up and do it. Look at the difference between a guy who's confident in Jalen Hurts and a guy who's not. Right there, it's a great example. I'm the fifth. I'm I'm in the top five in the greatest running quarterbacks of all time. He's played one year. And again, here's a guy talking about one season of rushing. What did get you? You guys sucked. 
Now, the talent around him sucks. But since when does running quarterbacks win Super Bowls? They don't. That may change. But guys who have 1,000 yards is not going to win the Super Bowl. It's going to get you killed. But I'm going to throw for 4,000 yards, too. I mean, what's next? He's going to scale Everest? This guy sure talks a lot of shit. Hey, Fly, really, Justin Field, Steve Young led the NFL in passing percentage. Okay? Steve Young threw for a ton of yards. Okay? He was a he was Aaron Rodgers before Aaron Rodgers. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history. Steve Young ran because he had to, not because he wanted to. Whatever, dude. Steve Young was a brilliant quarterback. Brilliant. I wouldn't be putting running quarterback. Crazy. Justin Fields, man. I sure hope you step into the light, man, and play. I sure do. All right. You know, maybe I should do the Hurts comment first. Where is that? Here it is. Maybe I should do the Hurts one first. Before I get to the Cardinals. Why do you think Jalen Hurts is so disrespected? By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make my statement first instead of asking you. Here's why I think Jalen Hurts is the most disrespected quarterback in the league and why there's a conflict with how the league and other pundits and people around the NFL see him. I think they respect the man. They respect the person. They respect the hard work. They just don't really think a lot of it's Well, they don't think he's in the same category with the other guys that are into the NFL. And they don't believe he's going to win a Super Bowl with that style of play. Is that disrespect? And and is that why? Because I do think he is. And I think the conflict here with this is because Hertz is so respected as a human that you don't want to talk too much shit on the kid because at the end of the day, everyone likes to collide that and combine that. And say, well, if you're talking shit on Jalen, you're talking shit on a really good guy. Nobody nobody cares in the league about that shit. I think what fans do is they look at Jalen as being the antithesis of what Wentz was. They tie that in to seeing a really great guy, and they're pulling for him. But at the end of the day, you look at the rest of the guys around the NFL, he's not those guys. But yet, you look at what he... But again, he's on a loaded team. He's not carrying a football team to the Super Bowl with one wide receiver and a shoddy old line. He's not. Okay? Some of these other guys will. I mean, there's less talent in Buffalo. There's less talent in Kansas City. There's less talent in Jacksonville. There's less talent in Baltimore than in Philly. I think there's pretty good talent in Los Angeles with the Chargers. 
I think there's really good talent in Buff in uh, Cincinnati with Burrow. I think there's pretty good talent in Denver for Wilson. Okay. But some of the guys that they look at in the NFL, they don't have the talent he has. They don't have the best old line. They don't have 2,000-yard wide receivers. They don't have one of the top five tight ends. And all of that on one team. They don't have that. Nobody has that. The only guy that has that is Jalen. And I think that hurts him on how people perceive him. They look at him having all of it. Nobody in the NFL has that. You don't have the best old line. You don't have a great duo wide out. You don't have a top five tight end. Nobody has that. And so when they look at him, he needs all the, they say this, and I, whether it's true or not, whether it's true or not, I'm telling you how they perceive him. And that's maybe why the disrespect on Hurts. You see, you guys watch this guy come through the ranks and watch him build himself up. Doug Peterson the other day says he's the right guy for the job. Yeah. Okay, you're watching this. So you got more of an affection towards it. But most people around the league will go, well, they've really done a nice job and how he's done a great job building a team around him. And they give him every single opportunity. Dude, like I said before, if Patrick Mahomes is in Philadelphia – They'll go undefeated for the next three years. They ain't losing a game. They'll never lose a game. If Josh Allen has that offensive line and that running game, Josh Allen will throw for 7,000 yards. Joe Burrow played in Philly. He'd never lose. And he beats those guys. He beats every one of those guys. He beats the Allens. He beats the Mahomes. Jalen hasn't beaten any of them guys yet. Now, again, this year, 2023, I think he can change that narrative. It's not what ifs. He hasn't beaten them guys. You've played them twice in a row, Mahomes, and you've lost. And you know the only thing you lay on? Well, he's thrown for more yards in the first game, and he threw for more yards in the second game, and yet you got two L's, and he came to your place and beat you. He put a Brady mentality on the Eagles in the last two games. Came from behind and won. And they ran the ball down your throat at your own barn. That's the difference between a guy like that. They don't have to have all the great tools around them. They're going to beat you with knowledge of the game. Mahomes can carry a team. Now, look, it's unfair to say this, but hey, if you guys are talking about him being the second best player at that position in the league, that's quite a cliff fall from him. If Jalen Hurts is really the second best quarterback, you'll never beat that guy. You'll never be. If you didn't beat him with that team you had last year, what makes you think you're going to beat him this year? What do you think you've done by having a less experienced defense against a guy who's the experienced quarterback that he is? That makes you think you're going to beat that guy this year. What makes you think you're going to beat Dak with a lesser defense? What makes you think that? Why? Where, where, where does that come from? Where have you made this up in your mind 
that you think lesser experience will play into this year and you'll beat Dak, who's 8-3 and three versus you, and you hadn't beaten him since 17. And Mahomes, who's beaten you two times in a row, once at your place and once in the Super Bowl. What have you done to beat those guys? Jalen's a year older. This is a team sport, too. What have the Eagles done to close the gap with those elite guys? Have a lesser experience. You have a lesser experience defense this year going against more elite quarterbacks and better coaches. How does that help you? Explain this to me, fanatical Eagle fan. Explain that to me. Explain it. Did you get better? Any? Where'd you get better on defense? Where did you get better? They got less experienced in a league where you need it. You didn't get better at edge. You got older at edge. Get better at edge. Get older. More speed? I'll take experience over speed. More speed? (laughs) You think that take... So, Nolan Smith is going to confuse Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers and them guys this year. Interesting. Eagle fan, look at this. This is why Sills can't keep a job. Why? Because I tell the truth, right? Probably so. Because you can't take it. You tell me then, Eagle fan, bird guy. Where'd you get better? Where did you get better on defense? On July 20th, where do you think you got better? I'll take any suggestions. Where did you get better on defense? (laughs) You lost the most important guy on your defense and TJ Edwards. D-line, you got better? You know this? So you think you're going to have 70 sacks next year or this year? You got better at edge, you got older at edge. Hmm. Juan says, I suggest a cold beer and a hot chick. You know what I suggest? A reality check. Or no, you could just leave that for the beer and the hot chick. You could could just sign the reality check for me. Put it on a table there and put it in a jar, homie. Just put it right there for you. You could sign a reality check anytime you feel like it. Hot Hot chick and a good beer. 
And Quan will sign the reality check. <laughs> I here he you know how he signs it? I don't know. <laughs> I I I don't know. All right. Woo! Hate to be the guy. Still said Kaiser White was trash. I never in a billion years says Kaiser White was trash. Actually, we had Tom Telesco on. This is why this guy right here is one of those guys that CNN loves watching and having him on their network because he's fake news. When Tom Telesco was on our program, the general manager of the Chargers, go back and watch it. I said, why did you let Kaiser White go? The guy had 100 tackles for it. He goes, we never wanted to let him go. We really love Kaiser White. Man, it really killed us to let him go. That's false and fake news. Kaiser White was a good football player. There's a reason he got $7.7 million. And we put Tom Telesco on the next week when the Eagles got him. So that's not, that's not true. Go back. The general manager of the Los Angeles Chargers came on the next week. Here again, Eagle fan bird guy says, I talk shit on AJ. Yeah, because he underperformed in Tennessee. And here's, again, another great example. Tone, here's another great example of a guy pretending to know when he didn't know. AJ had never had any more than 64 catches. Pedestrian numbers in Tennessee. We now learned that Tennessee didn't know how to use them. And that's why that general manager lost his job. When he came to a place that they utilized him, his numbers sucked in Tennessee. They weren't special. They were not special. 63 catches, 1,000 yards. That's 59 yards a game. That's not special. That's not special. But they saw something, and they knew that they weren't utilizing him well. He came here, and he exceeded expectations on things he hadn't done in four years or three years in Tennessee. The player, the player benefited by being in a new zip code. Yeah. He wasn't a good player in Tennessee. Look at the numbers. They weren't special. They were not. This last year is the first year he had special numbers. Exceeded not my expectations. His own. You're missing it. Not my expectations, his own. He never had more than 64 catches. 1,100 yards. That's pedestrian in today's NFL. Those are Adam Thielen numbers. Those are Hunter Renfro numbers. 
You can't say that on Devontae because he's WR2. Once again, my opinion doesn't change. The player's performance changes who he is. Just like you guys did on your boy Wentz. Isn't it funny? You sit here and tell this shit to me. When every one of you in here flopped on Wentz, I don't call it flopping. I call it the guy not living up and playing great all the time. To me, that's not flopping. He sucked at the end. He fell apart. Happens. Some guys have long careers. Some guys have short careers. Some guys have one year. Some guys have one year. We see it all the time. That's not an opinion on AJ. Those were facts. He didn't do anything in Tennessee. He did nothing. It's not an opinion. Once again, you know, it's funny. People think that's, I don't have an opinion. I, I guess the problem tone that people have is that I tell you who you are. You don't like to hear it. Because most people don't like who they are. I happen to love who I am. Okay? Most people don't like who they are. And when you point it out, this is who this guy, like when I say Jalen Hurts, the guy's had one year. Now, the difference between Jalen Hurts and Geno Smith, Geno's been in the league how many years? Decade? Do I think that guy's going to do that again? No. Do I think Jalen will do it again? I don't know, because you know what? I got to give him a shot at it. So I got to wait and see how he plays. And again, we've had three different emotions on Hurts in three different years. I hate to pick. He's kind of good. What a great year. Those are all in the, that's been, there's never been a consistent opinion on him. Do you understand that? You have never had a consistent opinion on Jalen Hurts since he's been an Eagle. Do you understand that that's my problem with some of you? You've never had, because you didn't have an, you didn't have a consistent opinion on Wentz. Consistent opinions are what makes players when you look up at their career and go, holy shit, man, this guy's done this a long time. What a great football player. That's when you look up and go, wow, he's done that for eight years? Like when I looked up Corey Dillon's numbers, I was floored that he's almost 12,000 rushing yards. I couldn't believe he was that good. He was a damn good back, man. I was floored. Okay? I don't change my views, dog. Players change their... Quite is such... That doesn't make sense. How in the world does my view change on Jalen Hurts if he turns and has a better year from year two to year three? How is my opinion changing? The player played better. I don't forecast this. The only people I forecast are draft choices because that's all you have. Whatever, guy. I'm, I'm not arguing with that. Go back to talking to Angelo and them dudes 
and guys who have that 1965 sports take mentality. It's dumb. It's just dumb. You know, like Skip Bayless has an opinion. He's he's tied his entire 25-year career around hating on LeBron. I, 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 can't, I can't do that. I just can't. I, I, I can't lie like that. That guy, that guy's Twitter page, if you go to his Twitter page right now and you go to the Twitter page, you look at his Twitter page and all you see now is this guy just talking shit on LeBron and you're like, dog, he's got four MVPs. I mean, he's got championships with three different franchises. He's a finals MVP at three different places. How are you still talking shit on him? Man, and by the way, I get, if you want to talk shit on his politics, I get it. But if you want to talk shit on his basketball game, where in the world would you talk shit on? Well, he accrued all them points because he played so long. Okay, well, longevity matters. Longevity matters. Or Howard Eskin calling him a fraud. How do you call LeBron James a fraud when he's the all-time point scorer, won four NBA titles, and he could be the only guy that you could start at all five positions. You wouldn't start Jordan at all five positions. Even I relent on that and go, I, I don't know, if you're going to start your basketball team, you're not starting it with Jordan. You're starting it with LeBron. Because you could play him anywhere. Again, I'm 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 no longer answering those dumbass questions like that. Okay, I am not. And you can bark all you want. Okay. All right. So I want to get into the Arizona Cardinals now. This is your week 17 opponent. You know, it when you look at the Cardinals. There's no question this is going to be a bumpy ride for them, okay? This is going to be a bumpy ride for them. This is your Week 17 opponent. And they used this offseason. They got a brand-new coach in Jonathan Gannon. By the way, would we not agree? Jonathan Gannon, probably the most disappointed hiring of any coach I mean, it wasn't really that celebrated, was it? I must have missed it in Phoenix. It wasn't really celebrated that he got this job with the Cardinals. Um, they used this offseason with free agents and with the draft. They lose players like T.J. Watt, Zach Allen, D-Hop, A.J. Green. Um, Buda Baker could potentially be also a guy that could be leaving. They did draft Paris Johnson. They brought in Kaiser White. There's just not a lot of, and I would say this to you, there is not a ton of veteran talent on this team. You gave Murray 46.1. Would we not agree? Would we not agree that If they if they don't show improvement this year, they're going to move off of Kyler Murray. 
would, would, would you agree that they move off of Kyler Murray? Okay? I think they do. If he doesn't show the propensity that he can carry and, and work, how about this, and work with Gannon, whatever you think of your coach, he's the guy that's in your boat. And jo- Jonathan Gannon and Kyler Murray have to work together the same way that Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts have to work together. This can't be an adversarial relationship. There's not a chance in hell that you're going to go into a football season when you have an adversarial relationship with your head coach. Okay? I think they're working for the 2024 offseason. Because next year, the Cardinals are going to have two first-round picks, three third-round picks, and there's a shot that they may have the top two picks, one and two, in the 2024 draft. So they're going to be able to do some damage next year, potentially, when it comes to getting a quarterback or another position that they covet. I'll tell you what. I mean, right now, if I were the Cardinals and Jonathan Gannon, I'd want to go into that draft and I'd want to get Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State and put him in the building there. I lose D-Hop. Let me get Harrison and get the kid from Ohio State, put him in there with Kyler Murray, and let's see if that thing can work. I would be rolling to getting Marvin Harrison Jr. and getting him in the building to see if those two guys can end up working. I love this kid. I think he's one of the best wide receivers that I've seen come out into college and then get to be an opportunity. I would love to see this. Think about that. The Cardinals could have the top two picks, one and two, in the 2024 draft. So personally, this year, it's going to be a bumpy ride. I think the Eagles blow them out in week 17. But I would say this, hey, show some improvement. Show that you guys can work together because they're rolling towards the 2024 season. They are rolling towards the 2024 season. Fly says that I would take Trotter. Again, you got to look at the premium positions, though. The premium positions are wide receiver. If you're spending $46 million on a quarterback, and I could get a rookie on a rookie contract that is a gifted wideout like Marvin Harrison, why wouldn't you do that? It's economically feasible for you to be able to have both those guys on your team, and you're not paying $20 million like the Eagles are paying A.J. AJ Brown. Okay? $20 million. $20 million. Okay? That's a good... JM, Trotter and... How about the tight end from Georgia? The tight end from Georgia. Hey, um, the guy's name escapes me. Well, I'll, I'll talk to uh, Syracuse in hour number three on that. That tight end from... That tight end from George is going to go high. What's his name? Bowers? That kid's going to go high. Bowers or Harrison and Trotter. That kid Bowers can play. He's a, he is going to go awful high, too. 
I'd love to have that guy on my football team, man. Okay? So, hey, I like that. Bowers, Harrison, Trotter. The Cardinals could do some damage here next year in the draft. And they're going to have cap room. The question will be, is Murray the answer? You got to, this is going to be a year whether or not you're going to be able to. I would, I would put this, the 2023 Arizona Cardinals season is going to be, is Kyler Murray the guy? Is Kyler Murray the guy? Because I think by week 17, the Eagles are going to smoke this team. And they're probably going to want to put it on Jonathan Gannon for all that bullshit he pulled during the Super Bowl when he was out house hunting instead of preparing for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So there's going to be a little get back in that game. Eagles got a lot of those little, like, um, you know, subplot games, little sidebar comments and games like that. The two, the two a game will be interesting. Okay. Two a game will be interesting. But I would say this too, if I were the Eagles and I were Eagle fans, I'd want a piece of Jonathan Gannon's ass in that, in that game. I totally would. All right. Please hit the like button. Hit that like button for us. Keep it here on the National Football Show. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season and let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at Drytech. 
At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Official Josh Harris is the new owner of the Washington Commanders. Great. <laughs> Great. Right? Great. If you're an Eagle fan, great, probably. Because if he runs the Commanders anyway, he's run the Sixers. You have no worries. You have no worries. No worries. They'll never win. They'll tell you they're going to win. And they'll give you some bullshit process. And then Tony will be wearing his black Sixers hat again. And he'll have a patch on his arm for the next 15 years. When he, you know that patch that Tone wears on his arm? That Sixer patch? Like, you know, when someone dies? That's his passion for the Sixers. <laughs> he's in mourning. <laughs> By the way, he's not the only Sixer fan that has that, that, that uh, black stripe they wear on their shirts. They're all in mourning. If you're a Sixer fan, you've never left awake. You've never left awake. Okay? You still wear the patch. You still, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm prepping the eulogy now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tony, Tony ain't bringing flowers, though. <laughs> yeah. he, he ain't bringing flowers, man. Holy shit. He, this guy, man. Oh, by the way, I've realized something with Eagle fans. Okay? I've realized something. I totally have learned something about Eagle fans. No flowers, just malt liquor. Dude, this guy's bringing a 40 to the wake. <laughs> Holy shit, this guy's bringing a cold 45. Or he's bringing a Magnum to the, to the, to the wake of the Sixers. What's that, in, what's that in Tone's hand? Holy shit, he's got a cold 45. <laughs> ah. Dude, this guy, this guy, oh my God. Tone's got a Colt 45 at the wake for the Sixers. Holy shit. (laughs) Woo. Mm. I've learned something. I've learned something about Eagle fans. And I'm going to play it out for you. Man, this is a year ago. 2022. You know that TJ Edwards? Man, he's guts. What a gutty player. I mean it, man. You know, he 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 embodies what we're about. You know, I love the fact he brings true grit to the defense. July 20, 2023. Oh, you don't want to play her? Because that touched a nerve on my Twitter page. Oh, wait, wait, whoa. You don't want to play her? You don't want to play here, TJ. F you. 
We got 15 guys on our team better than that. The guy, the guy Nicholas Morrow's better. Shit, I'll dig Chuck Bednarik's ass up. He's better. I don't care. You think we're going to miss TJ? We ain't missing nobody who doesn't want to be. Okay. I, you know, now that I, I'm not, because I think I get it now. You get a little butthurt when a guy doesn't want to stay and he wants to go somewhere else. All right. Nothing wrong with that. It's called loyal to the soil. I get it now. Oh, you don't want to play here? Last year, because, hey, last year, Ronald goes TJ with solid. We're going to miss him. And in all actuality, I believe we probably could have offered him. So, and it will hurt. Ronald, that's a great take. That's the proper take. Okay? That's the proper take. You are going to miss that. Hey, who in their right mind wouldn't think you're going to miss 160 tackles? And the green dot guy. I wonder if the Eagles ever made him. You know, hey, boy, I'll tell you. This is a – of all the topics we have had in the offseason, this has touched off more of a – this has touched off more people than talking about Jalen Hurts. As if Howie Roseman failed at bringing him back. And Tone just asked the question, do you think they even offered him? Didn't seem it. It didn't seem they even had a conversation or an interest in them. And you knew you were losing your coordinator. Why would you let that guy walk out the door like that? Again, I'm relitigating it again a little bit on what we talked about earlier, but still, now that you think about it more, like, can can, can I play this out here for you? Tone, tell me if you think you, you, you go down this. I think they had every intention. And let what was the what was the Super Bowl? February 7th? Okay. Was it like February 7th or something like that? February 4th? Anyway, like the first week of February, right? I think they had already known when they had Vic Fangio working on some of the Super Bowl preparation that he was going to make the transition, and they had a plan. Morrow led team in – he led the 31st worst defense in all of those statistics. So? He was the captain on a sinking ship. Congratulations. And they fired him. So look look, look look at 85. Boy, Morrow looked like he had a good year. Then why did Chicago fire him? Chicago fired him. You answered your own question. They fired him. You act like TJ Edwards is Dick Butkus. He's as important. He's not the player. And I never said T- I never said TJ Edwards was an elite linebacker. I said he's the most important player. Defensive player in your huddle. I didn't say he was better than Hassan Reddick. I didn't say he was better than Slay. I never said he was better than Hardgrave. I've never said that. He's the guy that set your front. He's the guy that set your coverage. He's the guy that slid your defensive strength. He's the guy that set the front. He called twist. He did all that, and he was the quarterback of your defense. 
you lost the quarterback of your defense. So, yes, he is as important as what Buckus did in Chicago. He's not the player Buckus was. But, again, you like tying all that shit into one bow, and it doesn't work like that. That's like saying T.J. Edwards was the player Singletary was. No one's debating a conversation of that. But the importance of the Mike linebacker doesn't change if it's Mike Singletary or T.J. Edwards. They all have a responsibility on a technique and job to do when they're out there in the huddle. You're not getting that. You tie in ability. No one's talking about that here. No one said N'Kobe Dean sucks. Nobody's talking that. He has no experience. He's never called a defense. He's never even set a front before. But he'll walk in. I got guys on my Twitter page now telling me he's better. Where did you see that? In a mirage? Where did you see that? Sills will change his tune if he's playing great. Change my tune? It's not changing my tune. It's showing me that he matriculated into playing into the NFL. Am I missing something? Once again, you're taking what I'm saying as opinion. You don't like it and how I present it. That's tough shit. <laughs> That's tough shit. <laughs> it totally, I don't care. Touches a nerve though. Because when a guy like, you know, and I'll tell you this, touch the nerve with Tone. Because Tone's been putting these little, in, in, in the private chat, man, six million. You could have brought an important guy. And let me finish my take here on this. And tell me if you, Tone, everybody, tell me if you buy this. They had a plan at Fangio, an experienced coordinator. And by the way, the highest paid coordinator in the NFL now in Miami is Vic Fangio. They had a plan. They already knew Gannon was gone. Maybe Houston, maybe Arizona. They knew he was. Frank said they he was offered the offensive coordinator's gig. So also Steichen was probably out the building. So they knew it. They had a plan. All of a sudden, the tampering shit came in. They had a scramble. Sean Desai was not the first choice as your coordinator, he may not even have been the second choice. They interviewed the guy in Georgia. Why would you interview the guy in Georgia? Because you wanted to talk Jalen Carter? That could be. You wanted to talk a little bit about Jordan Davis? That could be. You think there's any coincidence that they talked? Think about this. They talked to the defensive coordinator at Georgia and now they have one, two. They got like three guys on that team now from that guy's defense. I don't know. Maybe he was the second choice and he turned it down. Kirby gave He got a contract raise. Georgia gave him more money. He now is the highest paid defensive coordinator in the SEC. So was Sean decided third choice? That coordinator? So they got, they were scrambling, is my point. He wasn't, I say he's the third choice. 
So you landed on a guy who's had one year experience and they had already let Edwards. I guarantee you, if the whole thing had played out differently, they never would have let Edwards go if they knew Fangio wasn't coming. But what happened was they lost their quarterback on that side of the ball, their most experienced defensive player, and setting things up. Not the best. Your defense was horseshit the year previous until he became starter. That's a fact. Until he became a starter. The two years prior to that, you stunk. You were at the bottom in sacks. Run defense. All of that. You were not a good unit. I think if they knew Fangio wasn't coming, they'd have been prepared better to get another coordinator in there. Because here, you don't fire your most experienced guy and a guy who's the leader of your defense. You don't fire him and then hire a guy with one of your experience as a coordinator. Why would you do that? And then replace the guy that left with a guy who's never played. Do you understand that? you got a coordinator who's got limited experience, and now you've got a middle linebacker, a Mike linebacker, who's got to make all your fronts and all your calls who has no experience at all. Do you think that sounds – do you think that sounds – um? Like a plan or a gamble or scrambling. What would you take, Tone? Is that mop-up work? Or do you think that, does it land on gamble, scramble, or a good decision to have a one-year experienced guy at coordinator, a guy who's never played the mic position, you let a guy go with 160 tackles, and you got new guys in front of him and new guys behind him. Scrambling? Gamble? Or a good decision? That's not an opinion. That's a question. That's a question. I personally think the whole, and this is why Tone and I always say this about that, that tampering thing. I think that really hurt the plans of what the Eagles wanted to do defensively when it came to, they're great at hiring. And by the way, I'll say it again. I'm not down on the Sean Desai um, hiring. I think he deserves an opportunity, and I like all the things that people say about him. It's just that you have all these things that are going to be going against him. Tougher schedule, inexperience, inexperience in front of him and behind him. All of that, all of that is playing into what could be a disaster. Do you understand? That's That's where I'm coming from here. And again, I want to make it very clear and underline it. I'm not saying he sucks. I'm saying that there's a lot to look at here. You're leaning on things that, here, let's just go here, right, Tone? You're in the land on July 20th, five days out from camp, not knowing what you have still and guessing what you have. 
I know what that defense in San Francisco looks like. You upgraded a tackle. You got two formidable tackles now in Armstead and Hardgrave. You got a great defensive end in Nick Bosey. You got a great linebacker. You got a great safety. Do you understand now? Look at the 49ers compared to your defense. You don't believe you have a better defense in San Francisco, do you? They're 10 times stronger than you up the middle. Now, if Davis plays and Carter plays, that'll close that gap. But you got two experienced D tackles. You got the best Mike linebacker in the NFL, and you got one of the best safeties in the National Football League right up the middle. And you got an edge rusher who's the defensive player of the year. Tell me I'm wrong. Where are you better than San Francisco on defense? Corner? Probably. You don't have a better edge player than Nick Bosom. You don't. And 31-7, you guys keep posting? They did hold you to under 250 yards in total offense in that game without a quarterback playing with 20 guys. Power hour number three. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. 
National Football Show, and somebody um, put out there that uh, they lost to Miko Ryans. They did. They also hired Steve Wilkes, a very experienced coordinator who is from the Tony Dungy tree and worked with Lovey Smith, too, and has a great propensity of defensive schemes and also complex defensive schemes. So it's a really good hire. Uh, Jamico Ryan's is outstanding in the job that he did. I thought Robert Saylor did a great job too, the head coach of the Jets. So they hired an experienced coordinator. And it would have been okay. See, if Sean Desai gets that job in San Francisco, he's still got Fred Warner. That's been the conversation that I'm talking about here when it comes to what you've done in Philly. You got experience from your coordinator, your Mike linebacker, to your secondary, to the guys in front of you. All of that. You are not better than San Francisco on defense. Okay? Your corners probably are. But by the way, Darius Slay, I think he's on his back nine. We'll see how he plays this year. It'll be interesting. Be interesting because he had a horrible Super Bowl. Um, It'll be interesting. The Niners are better than you on defense. Um, and you're better than them by a hair on offense. By a hair. Look, AJ's the best wide receiver of the two teams. Debo, I here, I wouldn't put so Niners, so you know, I would never put Debo Samuel in the top 10 best wide receivers in the NFL, but I would put him in the top five offensive players in the NFL, if that makes sense. He's not a top five wideout. He's not, okay? Um, Yeah, because here, and, and because personally, I want to see Jalen Hurts do it again. Yeah. We're, we're, you have the, the only advantage you have at – between those two teams, is that quarterback. That's the only advantage you have. They got a better edge rusher than you. They got a better linebacker than you. They got a better safety than you. To some, they have a better tight end than you. They have a better running back than you. They have a better, not only running back, but the running back, tight end, Debo, Ayuk combination is better pass catchers because once you get to three with you, you're hoping that Swift turns into something and that Goddard stays healthy. Hey, Kittle too. And McCaffrey. That could be... If you're going to watch anything this year, there's a couple things between the two teams. 
Does the quarterback do it again? It's there. There's more of a question there than there is obviously in Philly. There's way more of a question. Jalen's got to kind of put together the same season he had a year ago, and they'll be right there again. His improve, like I said to you guys before, Jalen hurts his improvement. I don't give a shit about improvement. I want consistency. If he continues to put the same type of years up five years in a row, the Eagles are going to be in the NFC championship game every year with the numbers he has. He doesn't have to get better. He has to be consistent like that. Everyone's expecting more money or more yards because you pay him more money, more touchdowns. That's not what they're doing here. If Jalen Hurts puts up 3,800 yards, 22 touchdowns and five picks and 800 yards rushing, they're going to be in the NFC title game again. 4,500. What that means. It doesn't matter. Okay. It truly doesn't matter. Hertz is going to be gauged on his consistency, not by his improvement on numbers. We see guys improve in numbers all the time. Does that benefit winning in the postseason? He's not Mahomes. He's got to be what he is with the guys around him that he has. This improvement conversation on Jalen is not about numbers. It's about consistently putting these kind of numbers up that he's doing now. It's not about 30 touchdowns. Dude, you guys talk like fantasy football nerds. Okay? And it's easy to have fun with you guys. Because when I say he's not going to throw for four grand, in really retrospect, does it matter? Does it, does it matter? Barb goes, I'm tired of Mahomes, just like you were tired of Brady. People get tired of consistent champions because you know why? Those guys are the upper shelf. Those guys are who you're gauged against. If you're going to pay Jalen Hurts $50 million a year, I hate to tell you this, Barb, He's not going to be compared to Kirk Cousins anymore. He's not going to be compared to Ryan Tannehill anymore. You're being compared to those guys because Kyler Murray too. Lamar Jackson too. You're no longer compared to Bailey Zappi. Is duplicate hurts from last season a success to you? Yes. Yes. 67% completion percentage, low turnovers, getting everybody around him to have career years. Once again, Trucker, think about what Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts did not have a sensational statistical year by any stretch. By any stretch, when you compare him to the rest of the league. But what did he do? Career years for the running back. Career year for the two receivers. Career year offensively for the entire unit. 
of really, if you think about it, Jalen had really the least of all those guys. He was a little, what did he throw the previous year? 3,100, 3,200? So he only improved 600 yards. Wasn't like he had a ton. And some of you go, well, he missed games. Well, he's missed games every year he's played. He's missed games every year he's played. Yeah. And he's going to miss games. Now, the problem with missing games this year, this year it might cost you home field. Last year, the NFC was so bad. It's not that much better this year. Now, look, I would say this. Here are the outlier teams. I think we all agree. San Francisco, the Cowboys, and the Eagles are your three guys with the Eagles leading the room. Okay? Is that fair? Right? But I would put out there two teams to keep an eye on. Maybe three teams. And I'm going to put them in order. Tone, you might, you might agree or disagree with me here on this. I'll say this. On the NFC side, will the Vikings be better with Brian Flores as D coordinator instead of Donatello, who they had up there a year ago? How much of an improvement will that defense have where they could compete against the Niners and the Cowboys? Do they close the gap with a new coordinator? I don't know. I think the Vikings, I, I want to see Addison, how he's being put in, but you lose Dalvin Cook. Dumb move. Why'd you lose? So you you lose Dalvin Cook and 1,200 yards rushing. Where are you making that up? Your quarterback doesn't run like Hurts. Where are you, where are you making that up? Where, where, where do you think you're making that up? I mean, I don't know about the Vikings, but I do everything in my power to try to re-sign him. I don't know. I just or 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 maybe call the Giants and see if you want to make a trade for Barkley. I don't I don't know, man. I just it doesn't I don't I don't get that move. I I just don't get that move. You lose 1,300 yards. You see, losing 1,300 yards in Philly, you got a guy who had 800 yards almost. And Jalen Hurts. You kind of go like this. Well, it's a loss, but plus the guys we have and we guys we signed. I mean, look at it, right? Well, so what do you have to do? What is it, Tone? Dude, if four guys get 300 yards, you kind of covered that with Hertz running for 750. So you're hoping three guys get 300 yards. 325 yards, 350. You If three guys get 350 yards with the collection of backs they have and Hertz gets 735, you're still in the park. You're really still not losing anything. And Swift might bring a screen game that you didn't have a year ago. Okay? So, again, I mean, where's, but where's, where's Minnesota? Where's Minnesota covering that? I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I, 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 don't, I don't see where Minnesota's covering 1,300 yards of offense from a guy who had 4-7 to carry and has been – a thousand yard back for you for the last four years makes no sense. You just didn't want to pay him. Okay. Well, that's going to cost you. Okay. Um, 
So, I mean, where do they fit into this? They're they're good. I just don't know how good. They haven't won a game either. That makes me go, man, that, that's a good – you know, the game in Buffalo, they didn't win that game. Allen dropped the ball on the turf on the one. And it was stupid. Bills gave them that game. They didn't take that game. The Bills gave that game away. So, you know, you, you turn around and you go, man, and beating Green Bay last year was not that big a deal. Was not that big a deal. So I look at Minnesota and go, you know what? They're like the northern version of the Cowboys. Don't win a game that matters. Here, I'll throw this other team in there. The Saints. I like Derek Carr. I do. Here, I want to show you guys something about how many people think Derek Carr is a good quarterback? How many people think Derek Carr is a good quarterback? You put you would would you say Derek Carr is a good QB? Derek Carr stats. Greasy goes, he's okay. You tell me if you think this is okay. This is Derek Carr. How many years has he been in the league now? One, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's 10 years in the league. And these are his stats moving from this last year going to his first year. And remember, they benched him. He had 3,522 and 24 touchdowns. Year before that, he had 4,800 yards and 23 touchdowns. The year before that, he had 4,100 yards, 27 touchdowns. The year before that, he had 4,100 yards and 21 touchdowns. The year before that, he had 4,100 yards and 22 touchdowns. The year before that, he got hurt. He had 3,600 yards and 28 touchdowns. The year before that, he had 4,000 yards and he had 32 touchdowns. In his first year in the league, he had 32, 70, and 21 touchdowns. You think that's okay? So for his 10 years, he's averaged 3,500 yards. He's at 35,000 yards right now. And he's 30. He's 30. And some of you guys go, he's okay. You've never had a quarterback do that in your franchise's history. (laughs) You've never had anybody put consistent numbers like that up in your entire franchise's history. And you call that okay? You've had two guys throw for 30 touchdowns and you've had one guy throw for 4,000 yards. It's funny how you look at okay when you're looking outside of your own house. And then when you look at your own house, you've never had a hundred catch guy and you've had one 4,000 passing season. It may take a look at yourself a little bit here that you guys have never been in today's NFL. You're not up to date. Last year was the first year you were playing ball with the NFL and not just 10 years behind in offense. The Eagles have been 10 years behind in offense. That's why DJX didn't matter.
That's why when Wentz threw the ball for 4,000 yards, he didn't have one receiver, one wide receiver with over 700 yards. It's never been a priority. It is now. It's a priority now. Look at Tone. Over, Carson Wentz threw for 4,000 yards. He didn't have a receiver with over 500 yards. That's a heck of a season. Holy shit. Zach Ertz must have been insane. Wow. You didn't have one wide out with over 500 yards a year Wentz threw for 4,000. It's got to be one of the best years that a quarterback has ever had in Philadelphia. Ever. Ever. Jalen, so wait a minute. Let me get this right. You guys took a shit on Wentz, who didn't have a receiver catch more than 500 yards. He had two receivers with 1,000 yards, and he couldn't throw for 4,000. Okay. Interesting. That was my last year rooting for Wentz. After that, he fell off the cliff. He sure did. But, Tone, this is what I say to you guys. Some guys have long careers. Some guys have short careers. We see it all the time. Okay? You see it all the time. But that's, hey, but the year that he threw for 4,000, that's not the year you guys won the Super Bowl. The year he threw for 33 touchdowns was the year you guys won the Super Bowl. He threw for 33 touchdowns in 17, threw for 4,000, I think, two years later. Two years later or a year later, I think it is, on his resume. Okay? So, again, going back to the Saints, Derek Carr has kind of had a Wentz career, but it's been for 10. What you saw in Carson Wentz, this is what kind of Derek Carr looked like and has looked like for a decade. Okay? Keon goes like this. Seals loved empty stats. 33 touchdowns in a Super Bowl? It's not empty stats, dude. You don't win a Super Bowl if Wentz doesn't play the way he does. Stop doing that. Stop taking away from a guy who brought you a Super Bowl. If Carson Wentz doesn't go 11-2, and two, you don't have home field, and you ain't winning it. You ain't winning it. You, you can think that and dream a new narrative up. You ain't winning that. It's one of my favorite things, though. Hey, you know, I tell you, passionate sports fans are my favorite because you know why? You know the word fan and fanatic? Okay. And you can also add psychotic into that, too, because it, it, and by the way, you're like a decibel away from being all three. Like when in the Northeast, everybody hates college football. In the South, it's a religion. Before I bring Tony Saracusa on from the last word on sports, I'm going I'm to tell you this. If you put Jacksonville Jaguar tickets on the table, Florida Gator tickets on the table, 
and Florida State and Georgia Bulldog tickets. Do you know who the last tickets would be taken? The Jaguar tickets. Jacksonville goes, hang on here now. I'm a bulldog. What are you doing down here? Well, I go to the Georgia-Florida game. I've been to that thing. That's a frightening game for the opposing team that loses. Let's bring my friend in here, Tony Saracusa from The Last Word on Sports. Am am I right when I say that, Tony? It's more like a religion down south. No, nah, you know what? It's true. Uh, having moved to to Charlotte a little over a year ago, it is a different vibe in the South. You bring up an interesting point about Jacksonville. The the demand for the tickets for the Jaguars pales in comparison to the Georgia-Florida game, right, that's played in Jacksonville every year. That's the ticket in Jacksonville, not an NFL game. Um, it's, it, it is, it's, it's different down here. And it's, it's funny. You see people in the South, even subdivide the South. There's a guy who, who wrote a book, Ed Southern, uh, who talked about culture in, in the South with regards to sports. And it was interesting because the people in what they would call the deep South are all, they live and die college football. The people in the upper part of the South, North Carolina are basketball fans and then college football fans, as he put it. And I, I, I don't want to start a fight on your show, yeah. but as he put it, the secessionist states, the first ones that were the secessionist states are college football fans. The other ones are basketball fans and then others after that. Absolutely. Hey, before we get going into some of the questions here. Yeah. How do you see programs like Temple, San Jose State, and some of these other, like New Mexico, New Mexico State, how do you see programs like that fitting into the college landscape in the next five years? Do you think they'll be around? Yeah, you know what? It's not, it's not going to be easy because obviously we're seeing a movement to, to a migration to the bigger conferences right now, the big two, and then everybody else is a subdivision of that, trying to figure out who's number three. And so you look at the programs like that, and it's not easy. I think what you have to do is manage the expectations and know who you are and know that you're going to have successful years in certain things, right? You're not going to be a football powerhouse but you can still play decent football, um, get in a game against a power five school every year now and again, get one of those money games that is going to basically fund your athletic department for the rest of the year. And you're going to have a great basketball season or maybe a good baseball year or whatever the case may be. You're not going to compete at the upper echelon. But if you can accept who you are and financially live within your means, there's still a place for you. You know, you know, you know, Tony, for me, I liked it when I played and I'll tell you why we were independent. Mm -hmm. Um, There was affiliations, there was rivalries and, Mm -hmm. you know, this bowl committee now that they have, it's more of a beauty contest. At least it was in the hands of guys like you that were students of the game and you could be in the four hole. Mm-hmm. And still have a chance, like in 83, when we won the national championship, because everyone got beat in front of us. The bowl right. games were more important. Everything had filled seats. I mean, and there was really a chance 
for a team like BYU to win the national title. But at the end of the day, Tone, they changed the entire room because of BYU. There's been never another power conference or another non-power conference team ever win the national championship since BYU. And I think that's been by design by the commissioners. I think a lot of it has because you look you, you look at it and the NCAA does not run college football at the FBS level. They run so D3, they, they run D3. Right. <laughs> it's it, it's the commissioners and it's the college football playoff committee that runs all of that. And obviously the financial concerns vary depending upon the conference commissioners and and who's calling the shots. So I think a lot of that is true. I am looking forward to the expanded playoffs. I don't want it expanded beyond the 12, but I do think that there's some value in bringing in some teams who, you know, have not been top three or top four, you know, all year um, and giving them a shot just because that's how you're going to get. You look at the teams who've recently moved to the big 12 and you see a Cincinnati, you see a UCF, you see a BYU. They're going to play games at a higher conference level now. And they're going to have a shot at some postseason play. I also like the fact that at least for now, beyond the first round, they're going to include these bowl games as part of the playoffs in the postseason. We have too many bowl games. I grant you that. But these bowl games are important to the cities as well, the host cities, to the revenue there. I don't care if you know the Independence Bowl only draws 10000 it's 10,000 more to Shreveport and to the city economy there and the hotels and the restaurants. So they matter in a bigger picture rather than just what you're watching on TV and they get the TV revenue as well. So I want to make sure that, you know, we don't eliminate the bowl games in this process. And, and, and I'll, I'll say this again, one of the great experiences I had in college was bowl week and you get mm-hmm. a chance, you know, I got a chance to go to citrus bowl, cotton or a, Citrus Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and Fiesta Bowl. And I got an opportunity to go to those games. And I really, it was, I had a, I had a spectacular time going to those bowl games. And I agree with you 100%. Let me throw this at you here. Um, George again? Yeah, at least, at least as far as the SEC goes. Yeah, I mean, what happens beyond that, you know? But I think, I think right now, Georgia is still the team to beat. In, in the SEC, we just wrapped up SEC media days this afternoon. And when you when you take a look at it, it's still theirs to lose. And you gotta you gotta admire Kirby Smart because the guy's losing eight, nine, ten players a year to the NFL draft. And you know, he's got it there. He's got the best tight end in college football in, in Brock Bowers. He's got, you know, Carson Beck probably going to be the starting quarterback, very capable of leading this team, certainly to the SEC East and probably to the SEC title again. I like I like LSU in, in, in the West. I like what Brian Kelly has done there. Jaden Daniels is a far more complete quarterback than he ever was at Arizona State. But I got to tell you, there's something that doesn't have me completely convinced, and it's because I'm not willing to write off Nick Saban and, and his Alabama team and say, well, it's LSU's division now. There's something about me that says Saban is not going to just sit with that and that his teams won't come, you know, ultra prepared for, for the gauntlet ahead of them. Uh, 
I admire the fact that he talked about, you know, he only took a small handful of players in the portal. He's still about developing, recruiting and developing the high school players and having the two to three years with them. They lost a handful of players. They took a handful of players, but in small doses compared to a lot of other programs. But as far as the conference overall, until proven otherwise, it's still the Bulldogs. Tony, do you agree with this comment I'm going to make here about the schools from Texas versus the Southeastern Conference? And again, you can throw Texas, who's going to the SEC, and obviously A&M, who's one of the richest programs in the country. Do you think because of NIL, this is one of the reasons why you're hearing Nick Saban and some of these other coaches now bitching about it because the donors that are in those states, remember when you and I were growing up, Tony, the big thing and the big goof used to be about the Southwest Conference. Right. Hey, who's going to win the Southwest Conference? Well, who's eligible? I mean, I mean, that was the, you know, who was eligible yeah. because all these donors that they have. Sure. And then you look at Arch Manning. I mean, he's mm-hmm. the backup quarterback making $7 million in nil money. Right. Behind there, just sitting on the bench waiting. And the, and the front guy is probably going to be a top five pick in the draft. But I mean, do you think that landscape is going to get a little bit more thicker where you're going to see those schools in Texas, like SMU, TCU, and even some of those Houston programs start to really emerge? Um, I, I'm not convinced yet. I got to okay. be honest. You know what? If you're, if you're the Longhorns, win something first. <laughs> before, you know what? You've got all this NIL money, and you're not even competitive for the Big 12 championship. You can't lose to Kansas, right? <laughs> right. You're not even competitive for the Big 12 title, and now you're about to move to the SEC. You've got you've got Jimbo Fisher with three collectives working at Texas A and M. What 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 is Texas A and M doing? Right? I mean, Jim, that collective money is going to be used to buy Jimbo Fisher out if he doesn't have a better doesn't have a better. How about this, here. Tony? If he has a back to back losing season, mm-hmm. it'll be the first time in fifty years that A and M has had back to back. And from what I understand, tell me if correct me if I'm wrong. Of all the programs in the United States, that Kyle Field with that hotel that's like across the street, they have $15,000 to spend the night. It's like one of the biggest donor schools. If that guy doesn't win, he's out. Absolutely. And his buyout, I think, is will be after this season will be roughly about $70 million. That's insane. That's where you're going to see the oil money go is to to getting rid of him. Uh, So, you know what? Until you win – I, I, I'm not convinced. I'm not. Con- Look, you called Quinn Ewers a top five pick. I'm not. I'm not sold. I'm not. He's a first round pick. Top five. Not sold. Not until he does it throughout the course of a season. Not for two, three, four games at a time, but over the course of a season. So the the scales are tipped wildly out of balance. That I grant you. The Texas schools, Oklahoma, because they were the first ones to turn it into pay for play, not NIL. And I, they're, they're not paying kids for their name, image, and likeness. They're paying them to suit up, which <laughs> is pay for play. Totally different. That's why I don't like the collectives. I never have. I like NIL. I don't like the collectives, and they are not the same thing. Um, you know, we, my, my folks know that at our publication, I routine, routinely call the collectives legalized money laundering. Because that's what it is. They bundle the money and hand it out. But but it's not producing. It's not producing at the Texas schools. TCU had a great run last year. But let's be real. That was Sonny Dykes. 
doing a masterful coaching job. That wasn't because Max Duggan was on someone's payroll. So it's uh, until it produces results, then you still got to play the game on the field. Pat Fitzgerald, you think he cut? Look, if Hugh Freeze can get a job, I mean, Pat Fitzgerald, how do you see that whole thing? And by the way, I said this and I tweeted this out, um, Tone. I, I went like this. I go, it's funny, man. At the really huge programs and the ones that win, you don't ever see any of that kind of crap. I don't ever remember any of that going on. We were just too tired from practice. Jimmy right. driving us like right. dogs trying to win. Wow. I mean, I don't remember any. The only hazing I got was from Jimmy Johnson and Butch Davis driving us like sled dogs. That's all <laughs> I re- I don't remember any of that. Your takeaway from how this whole Northwestern and what they kept all of the assistants and yeah, that, that part I find troubling because look, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. The assistants are the ones with the players; they're the ones in the locker room. They You're, and they're the ones that do bed checks. They're the yeah, ones that go around yeah. and check everyone. And the, the position coaches are are your first go-to guy when, when you're a player. And then the coordinator after that. And then if you're lucky, you get 10 minutes of the head coach's time. The It bothers me. I find it odd that the assistant coaches are all there. I think it's probably a byproduct of they were going to have a hard time blowing up the program a month before the season starts. That's unfortunate. The allegations have now turned into a school-wide issue. Now it's the baseball team, the volleyball team. There's a lot more, so there's a whole problem. Ironically, as I was looking at one of the first lawsuits filed, one of the defendants is Jim Phillips, the current ACC commissioner, because he was athletic director at Northwestern from 2018 to 2021, which means some of these lawsuits and allegations are not just about things that happened last fall. They're going to go back a couple of years, and we're going to read about system-wide problems. I know a lot of people looked at it and said, ah, it's locker room stuff. When you read the allegations, and if you believe even a tenth of them to be true, if this were 18- to 19-year-old women in the locker room instead of 18- and 19-year-old football players, we'd be calling SVU and having a full-blown police investigation over some of the things that happened. It was grotesque. I think, but yeah, look, Art Bryles is coaching somewhere in Europe now for uh, for all I can remember. I, I know that programs have been trying to bring him in and hire yeah. him, but the outlash like from communities have kept him out of the building. But from what I understand also on him, that he's been exonerated. He has been exonerated in the specifics other to the point of it was his program. It's kind of like, you know, you weren't on you, the, the institutional control that the NCA likes to use as a term. You're not responsible. You're accountable, though. There you go. That hundred percent. It. The difference between he and Hugh Freeze. Uh, Hugh Freeze was using a school credit <laughs> card, and you know there were call girls and whatever. And he went to a faith-based school like Liberty. Spent a couple years there, and you know got all anointed. It's going to be a long time before Fitzgerald coaches, certainly as a head coach. I think probably three, four years down the road, we'll see him at an FCS school as an assistant. Or NFL. Or NFL, trying to work his way back through the system. Finally here, are you a fan of Deion Sand? Here's my problem, Tony. So I hear Brett Venables going, hey, you know, 
<laughs> we're giving everybody three years here to uh, at Oklahoma uh, to like you know get acclimated, figure out if you're fitting in. I'm like, so you think you got three years of sucking and Norman? <laughs> Do you think you're going to keep your job if you're sucking in Norman, Oklahoma? That right. guy doesn't have a reality check. He's got three minutes. Right. You know, Dion's not passing out scholarships like their library cards. They were one in eleven. Yeah. They stunk. Yeah. However, I know the commitment. I get that. And you know, you want to be human in this process. How do you see this? Uh, one, I since you brought up Venables, I'm amused at how much he's talking this week. How much he has to say. <laughs> I mean, he was talking. He, I never he, heard him in Clemson. He 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 threw Lincoln Riley under the bus because he talked about how he had to come into Oklahoma and change the culture because kids weren't going to class and things like. Wow! All of a sudden, he's throwing Lincoln Riley under the bus for academic issues. With regards to Dion. Is it going to be instantaneous? Not even close. He doesn't even have an 85 scholarship roster right now because he lost more than what he brought in. He's got about 71 players, scholarship players on the roster right now. Um, it's going to take some time. Look, they weren't just 1-11. They were getting blown out every week. Arizona with Jed Fish only won one game, but seven of their losses were by one touchdown or less. So they're a lot closer to fixing this than Colorado is with Dion. It's going to take a year or two, but I just read a few minutes ago, they released a statement. They've sold out three home games already because of the Dion factor. Uh, he's actually not going to Pac-12 Media Day tomorrow in Las Vegas because surgery. of his health issues. Yeah, he's got to have a third surgery this year because of his, his clotting and blood flow issues. And so, man, I, I just want to see him on the sidelines able to coach when the season gets here after all he's, you know, put into the program already. I want to sneak another one in on you. I love talking sure. to you here. Um, yeah. Is it me? Why do I feel, and I didn't feel this way six months ago. Why do I feel the big 12 is in a better mm. position than the pac 12? Because I mean, it is. I, I, I look, I mean, I saw something about the naming rights and um, mm -hmm. the image rights and streaming and all that. You're still waiting on a TV deal at the pack. I mean, am I right when I say the Big 12? Brett Yormark's done a great job at, at really elevating that conference. I thought they were going to be on a respirator and die. Right. No, he has done a much better job. He's been very aggressive in what he's done. He's been out front. He has been the face and the voice of the conference. The Pac-12 doesn't have a face or voice right now. Um, you know, Klyovkov is is getting hammered from from all sides. Tomorrow is big is uh, Pac-12 Media Day. There will be no announcement about a new TV deal. That's okay. The problem is there will be no announcement about anything. He doesn't even have the ability to make the announcement that's saying, hey, we're close. We're dotting the I's. We're crossing the T's. And Tony, he's he from the entertainment world. He was, he was supposed to bring all of that in right. to that conference, right, after what Larry Smith did. Yeah, yeah. Look, 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 Larry Scott left him a huge hole. But when Klyovkov came aboard two years ago and we reported it and we talked to people who used to work for him at MGM – I said the first priority has to be the TV deal. He's got two years to turn it around. We are now 11 months before the current TV deal expires, and he's got nothing. 
you know, you look, I was joking last week, the ACC made a big announcement with Raycom that some of their games are going to be on the CW network. And I was joking that ah, it's funny, you know, after a rerun of, of, you know, the, you know, one tree hill or whatever show gossip girl will get an acc football game but the reality is the acc has its tier one partner its tier two partner this was raycom the tier three partner that was showing games on bally on the regional sports network which is now in bankruptcy yeah so it needed a new distribution outlet the pac-12 doesn't even have a tier one partner right now they go through spurts with espn and fox saying thanks no thanks They've got the Pac-12 network, which has only got one year left of existence uh, as their tier two. They got nothing. They're going to wind up with some streaming outlets as a huge part of the deal. A Don't huge- come recruit me. Yeah. No, it's 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 and, and it's not going to go. And it's taken a long time because these streaming networks have never done college football. And so it's a whole different kicking the tires kind of process that has to go on. Klyovkov is really up against it right now. Well, I would say this to you. You know, kids want to go to places with exposure. Yes. Don't come recruit me if I've got to be uh, 1130 at night on YouTube. Well, and it it cost them San Diego State because San Diego State was at that deadline that as of June 30th, or 17 million out of the Mountain West was going to double, and they had to make a decision. And they, they are now happily married to the Mountain West again. And so it costs them some schools that they wanted to have to replace UCLA and USC next year. Do you, hey, do you think that we could see the Mountain West survive and Pac-12 get absorbed into both? I don't know about absorbed. I think they can survive a year, maybe two, as a as a ten team conference. Um, but if they have any more losses during that, what if time, Oregon and Oregon State leave yeah. for the Big Ten? Or, yeah, I mean, they could go anywhere. Frankly, I could see the Big Ten taking Cal and Stanford, believe it or not, because of the academics and the championships from Stanford and all the other sports. Um, so if it, they, he, Klyovkov wants the schools to sign a grant of rights deal, and they've all agreed conceptually. But until there's a TV deal, no one's going to sign anything, and no one has seen a TV deal as we're sitting here 18 hours before the start of Pac-12 Media Day. Wow. And I've been to that thing about 10 times. It's yep. crazy. It's, it's always in Los Angeles and, um, and it's, it's in really Vegas big for the first time. They it should be to- pretty interesting though, when you got USC and UCLA bailing out right. on the conference this year here, Hey, tell <laughs> folks where they can, um, where they can find you and all your Absolutely. work and all the great stuff you guys are doing. Yeah. Last word on sports, you go to the college football tab. You'll find us there. We've expanded our roster this year. We've been able to hire a few new writers. So we're in growth mode, which we're very proud of. So uh, we've now got 30 riders spread out across the country covering different teams. We've got a Facebook page. We've got an Instagram page. And you can find us on Twitter at Last Word on CFB. And you can find me at Tony Bruin on Twitter. I love talking college football with you. And I'm so glad we found each other last year. Absolutely. Paisan, thank you so much. Have a great time. I really appreciate it. We'll catch you down the line here. Be well, brother. I love him very much, man. Really great stuff when it comes to college football. We appreciate it. Do me a favor, guys. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. doing this pretty soon i give my guy tone six months and when you hear tone on with the guys or with big sales this is what it's going to sound like y'all fixing to see a really good game against the Dallas cowboys yes sir they're about to get them boys over there yonder on the hill over there yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, we 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 gonna we gonna <laughs> we, we we gonna take the whooping board out and we gonna beat the hell out of them Dallas Cowboys. Yes, sir. Shit, man, that kid is as fast as shit coming down a grease pole on a hot summer day. Mm-mm. <laughs> that guy's lucky he split. 
as long as I keep producing you, my hey, let's let's listen to Tony. As long as I keep producing you, my East Coast will never leave. <laughs> do do you understand? That's why people in California went. Oh wait, wait, whoa! They can't take you guys. Do you understand? Hey, just oh my God. Radio host of Philadelphia could never make it anywhere in the world other than Philadelphia. Here's why. Guys, and you guys are the prime. They would never want. I love all of you. All of your bullshit, whatever. Okay? I used to get called into offices in the West Coast. Yeah, um, you think you're a little abrasive? My aunt. My aunt panics every show I have. But I go, don't worry. It's a different breed here. These guys, she's like, really? They understand? I go, when they don't come back is when you worry. Right? And so here, know this. I used to get, I'm not kidding you. I used to get called into the principal's office, so I called program directors. Yeah, um, hey, my first week at this thing called The Fan, you know what I said? And there was the home of the... Do you know that Dan Cilio was the, pre, the pregame show host, the network pregame show host for the San Diego Padres? And I would say this during my radio show. Since 1969, what have the Padres done? 84 and 97? That's quite a history. (laughs) What if they won? It's been the worst franchise since the hamburger guy owned them. Holy shit. Dude, you know, I, I probably wouldn't do that again. I go, the Padres are known for making hamburgers, not making baseball teams. Now they've kind of changed that. But I, I, I used to go, dude, when I was a kid growing up, the Padres, the hamburger guy owned them. I was like, why, why in the world am I talking good about an organization that doesn't do well? They were spending like $40 million in payroll. And that's when I was saying this. The only way you're going to compete in the National League West is if you spend the money the Giants and the Dodgers do. You got to spend north of 150. If you don't spend north of 150, and they are, and they still suck. It's because A.J. Preller's not a good GM. He thinks he is. What do you want? Get this. So the Padres can spend $38 million on a roster, or $238 million, and it won't matter. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. The race could spend $68 million on a payroll and win 95 games every year. Every year. The San Diego chicken. You're right, guys. The San Diego chicken, the hamburger guy, and Tony Gwynn. Those are the only... It's like Fireman Ed with the Jets. Nameth, Fireman Ed, and Jody McDowell. (laughs) 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 Like, Like, the Padre fans... See, you know what? It's funny. See, you guys, you you guys in Philly, you get it because you would understand it and you 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 get it. But the Padre people think that the Dodgers are their rivalry. And I'm like, no, 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 you're not a rival. 
the rival with the Dodgers are the Giants and the Cardinals and the Phillies. Sometimes the Cubs. Like the Phillies rivalry are the Braves, the Mets, the Cardinals, the Dodgers. Those are their true rivals. Not the Rockies. <laughs> the Rockies. Are you kidding? When I grew up, it was Phillies and Dodgers and Reds. The Reds are more of a rivalry for the Phillies. Okay? So, like, when you're when, when, when you're a San Francisco Giant, you don't look at the Padres and go, yeah, well, you know, they're, they're a really good rival in the National League West. You're like, it's Dodgers. Shit. Funny listening to fan bases. And so I would say that and I'd go, you're not really thinking you're a rival to the Dodgers, are you? My bosses would call me in because the Padres would call in and go, you know, he's saying some really negative things. I'm like, what am I saying? That's not true. I mean, how many World Series have you ever won? The only World Series you ever won was was a Happy Meal. The little ring you get in a Happy Meal. <laughs> you get a championship Happy Meal ring. <laughs> What'd you win? I won a Happy Meal. <laughs> Did you win any World Series or? No, no, no. I just got a Happy Meal. Oy. Anyway, thank you guys for coming aboard. I really appreciate it. Please hit the like button. Xander, Big Joe, we thank you very much. Three to six, and I got to make sure we'll say this to my boy Tone because, you know, he's going to be wearing one of them Longhorn hats pretty soon. You know, we're talking college football. He's used to covering that thing called temp Tempe. Tempe? Um, what, what the, the, the Knights Templar? Oh, Temple. Yeah, he's used to that program. Now he got a real football program called the Longhorns. See all them Phillies there in Austin. Just make sure you don't have your head on a swivel when you know who's in the car. Tone, <laughs> love you. <laughs> hey, man, empty them boxes. All good. He's doing a great job. We love you guys so much. We'll see you on the flip side. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.